Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. It is a new year, but it's the same old Kyle and Ray. We welcome you into Fantasy Sports Daily right here at FantasyGuru.com. Kyle Oprey, Gray Flowers with you. Happy New Year to everyone on this Monday morning. I'm probably being too loud for a lot of people right now. Correct, Ray? I mean, they, they just want to rest. They maybe aren't even watching us. They just want to hear us. They, they want the news. They want the information, the analysis, all that. But I probably need to lower my uh, volume for those with a pounding headache on this Monday morning. Yeah, I can get at times a little verbose and a little um, in, involved with my speech, if you will. A little, you know. So I'll try to keep it calm. I probably won't be able to keep that through the entire show. I'll probably get at some point my voice will go up and the octaves and the whole thing. But I'll try to be a little dulcet tone with my tones today. Well, we uh, do wish you the best of uh, New Year's days. Uh, 2024 is upon us. Uh, Ray and I have been doing this since like, what is it, Ray? 2009? 2008? I don't know. When did we start working together? I think I think 10th of the spear, 14th year. Does that sound right? 14. So 2010? I think. Yeah. I'd have to look it up for sure. But yeah, I think maybe 2009, maybe. Okay. So we're, we're celebrating a new year. Hopefully everybody out there is celebrating a new year. And hopefully some of you out there are celebrating a fantasy championship. If you had Lamar Jackson on Sunday, you have no excuses. If you had Lamar Jackson and you still didn't win, your team wasn't built for the long haul. So so if you had him, you should be good. Uh, we are going to break it all down. A busy Sunday, a fun Sunday. There was a load of scoring early. That was kind of exciting. Uh, Lamar Jackson, the big storyline, I think, of Week 17. Couple of running backs out west were also big storylines. Kyron Williams continues to uh, just write his season in bold lettering. I mean, just an incredible season for Kyron Williams. Three more touchdowns on Sunday. On the other hand, the guy just up the coast in San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey, he saved his worst for last. His worst game of the season coming in the championship week. On the flip side, a couple of guys saved their best for last. Najee Harris and Devontae Adams. Talk about Jaden Reed, who uh, it looked at one point on Sunday night like he was going to win the week. He was the perfect late-night hammer. Didn't finish that way for Jaden Reed. We'll tell you what's up with the Packers receiver. We'll talk about Josh Allen, who I am nominating as the vulture of the year. Uh, let's see, Isaiah Pacheco looking good for the Chiefs. Not so much for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And, Ray, some baseball because since – we last spoke on Friday, a lot's kind of been shaken in Major League Baseball, especially on the pitching front. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, some of these names, I think, might be a little bit bigger than their game heading into 2024, but they're certainly names that we know. Uh, they're names that will be drafted, and there's a, a couple of guys on the Hill in particular that uh, have new landing spots, and uh, we'll be talking about them a lot here in the next couple of months. So a little bit of baseball and a load of football as we go game by game through Week 17, and of course... Promo codes. Yes, they are still available. You see them at the bottom there. FSD 20, 20% uh, off any and all products over at fantasyguru.com. And I guess that uh, start of the year value, Ray, that thing is uh, still up and running here on the holiday uh, Monday? As far as I know, yes. And who yeah. knows? It might even be discounted more. I don't know. I seem to get everything like three days late. So what I do know is that if you sign up now for our DFS package, let's say things went horribly wrong in week 17. Let's say you're popping champagne last night because things went great in week 17. 
You don't play week 18 to Kyle's consternation. You just let it go. Play some DFS. You can play DFS in week 18. You can play it all the way through the playoffs with us. Actually, you can play from now through the Super Bowl. So just go and sign up for the DFS package at fantasyguru.com. Get a huge discount. It's $50 for the rest of the season. Check it out. Maybe you'll become part of the team next year full time. And uh, speaking of week 18, just to let people know, there are a couple of games on Saturday. Uh, the early window on Sunday is only six games. There's actually more games in the late window on Sunday. So we've got six games starting at one o'clock on Sunday. I think it's seven games starting at, uh, you know, four o'clock, 425 thereabouts. And then the Sunday nighter is a uh, winner take all, or at least winner take AFC East game between the Bills and the Dolphins. That'll be the uh, finale of the 2023-24 season. Okay, Ray, let's get into the thick of it. Let's talk through everything that we saw on Sunday. We invite anybody who's got thoughts, opinions, takes, whatever it is, jump into the chat room via X, via Facebook, via YouTube, and uh, we will be happy to answer any of your questions or maybe pass along some of your comments. Ray, we'll start with the biggie uh, in Baltimore. Miami taking on the Ravens, and uh, we were all expecting a, a pretty good game. A couple of the top teams in the AFC. The, the score makes it look like Baltimore just demolished them, and perhaps they did, Ray. I, I didn't think this was like a 56-19 to 19 game. Kind of seemed like a 35-19 to 19 game, but everything went absolutely 100% right for the Baltimore Ravens, starting with Lamar Jackson. Um, I've wondered aloud, Ray, who's actually the MVP? And I've kind of thrown my uh, lot in with Christian McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. I might change that. I might change it to Lamar Jackson. Um, that was slicing and dicing against the Dolphins. Five touchdowns. Another perfect passer rating for Lamar Jackson. Uh, that's as good as it gets in championship week. Over 300 yards, five touchdowns, and no kick for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Jaron Hall could have completed two of those passes, Kyle. And Ricard had known within 35 feet of him when they caught their touchdown. Um, I think it really with Lamar Jackson, I think the answer to the MVP question is what is the MVP? Is the MVP the best player or like the best player on the best team? Because I I, I looked at all these numbers before we we you know started here because I knew we were going to talk about Lamar Jackson. Listen to this. Like this guy's a league MVP. Okay. He's 14th in passing yards, 14th in completions, 7th in completion percentage, 10th in touchdown passes, and 5th in QB rating. It's a league MVP. He has fewer combined touchdowns rushing and, 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 and throwing, fewer than three quarterbacks have passing touchdowns. He's got 29 touchdowns. Jalen Hurts has 38. Josh Allen, who we'll talk about later, has 41. So... Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got two-thirds as many touchdowns as Josh Allen. And if you take Josh Allen away from the Bills, do they win four games? So I don't know how we define MVP. I think that's really the answer. He is the quarterback of the best team in football right now, Lamar Jackson. Is he yeah. the best player? Yeah. Uh, last two weeks, though, they went on the road and throttled San Francisco, and then they come home and they throttle Miami. Um, what's interesting about the MVP thing, Ray, is the Ravens have locked up the one seed. I don't know if he's playing in week 18. And he might need stats to help him win that MVP. You bring up the thing with Allen. Allen's certainly going to be playing in a huge game against Miami. There's no easy call. Like, we'll talk about McCaffrey in a bit. McCaffrey very quiet yesterday. He's probably not going to play in week 18 with a calf injury. 
I, I don't know which p- way people are going to lean, but I think with the way the Ravens have played and the dominance that they have shown, it is going to be one of those years where we'll take the quarterback off the best team. And, and I think he's going to win it because he is that guy. Well, and, and we've we've both, you and I have talked about Chris McCaffrey being the MVP of the Niners and stuff. But if we're going to talk about the best teams, the Niners, let's say, are, are two or three, right? Let's say they're, they're behind the Ravens. Yeah. Brock Purdy beats Lamar Jackson in everything. Everything. I mean, so if, the if it's the quarterback. Where Lamar, but Lamar Jackson destroyed Brock Purdy in the head-to-head. Brock Purdy had his worst game of the season. He, he failed but, miserably when the again, lights were bright. That fair. But again, is that how we define MVP? Who wins against the best team? Are we defining who has the best team? Because again, like we said, Josh Allen's made a ton of mistakes this year, but Josh Allen isn't on the Bills. They don't win five games. Like they, they, they have no chance to the playoffs. You know, Brock Purdy, yeah, we've talked all about it. But I'm just saying, Purdy is throwing more touchdowns. He's throwing more yards. got a better completion percentage. got a better QB. Like, he destroys Lamar Jackson in everything. Mm-hmm. We're talking about that. He even has more touchdowns overall because, again, there's only 24 touchdown passes for Lamar Jackson, which, by the way, is two less than Russell Wilson, who got demoted. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, again, I think the swell is for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He's a tremendous football player. He is the driving force of the best team in football right now. I get all of that. But I'm just saying that this whole media-driven, he's the best, he's the best. Okay, but this this is the best team. Let's not forget the coaching staff. Let's not forget the defense. This is the best team. It's not all about Lamar Jackson. And and I think the, the issue that I have with the Lamar Jackson coverage is people think he's different or he's improved. He hasn't. He's the same guy. He still has bad games. He still has great games. He's all over the place. Um, he, he's improved a bit as a passer, but like we have been hammered with this storyline over the past four or five years, every year, Lamar Jackson's improving as a passer. And then we come to find out he doesn't. The difference this year, Ray, is that Lamar Jackson's actually available. He's going to make it to the finish line. He's going to play all the games, which we've never, I, I looked it up. Well, Except for the week 18. I looked it up yesterday. This is the second time since 2018 that Lamar Jackson's even been available for fantasy players in the championship week. Second time. So the simple fact that he has made it to this point is kind of the story with Lamar Jackson. That is the true improvement for Lamar. Everybody wants to talk about the offense and how great. Now, the true improvement is he survived this year. And part of it, Ray, is because they they pulled back a bit on the rushing needs that they have with Lamar Jackson. And they've turned to, I mean, Gus Edwards has 13 touchdowns. Who, who even knows that? <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people don't even realize. Yesterday, Justice Hill, Melvin Gordon, Zay Flowers over 100 yards for the first time in his career. Uh, two touchdowns for Isaiah Likely. It, it's not to the level of 49ers, Ray. But they are taking a lot of backups and path, you know, guys that have been passed over, guys that are not a part of the regular rotation, and they're still having a load of success there at Baltimore. Yeah, and I mean, to your point, Lamar Jackson's had the longest run of the season this year is the lowest of his career for individual campaign. Yards per carry, five-year low. Rushing yards per game, five-year low. The five touchdowns are a three-year high, but that's only because he played all the games. Five rushing touchdowns, you know, that's not anything that stands out. And while he has, quote-unquote, improved a bit as a passer, like you're saying, it's not, you know, there's been too much made out of that. There's still a lot of things on the field he can't do. He still can't throw outside the hash marks. Uh, he has executed the offense very well and given full marks that. And there have been 
spotty receiving play. He lost his security blanket and Mark Andrews. So you know, I'm not giving giving him shade here. I'm not saying that. But yeah, the, the storyline has completely been overblown uh, that, you know, that he has somehow transformed this offense. He hasn't transformed this offense. There's a lot of mm-hmm. pieces together. There's great coaching staff. There's that defense. And there have still been, as you discussed, there have still been games where he has looked like a superstar yesterday and other games where he's looked like kind of just a guy. And, and you know, again, the MVP stuff is for, for voting, and I think it's the media-driven and who cares. The bottom line is he came through in the fantasy space, huge came through in the fantasy space. If you had Lamar Jackson and you didn't win your championship week, like you had timeouts all over the place. Five touchdowns go so far, Kyle. Well, let's close it with the fantasy space, Ray. Because to us, it's has he changed perceptions? And I look ahead to next year, Ray. I don't know if he's going ahead of Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. I don't even know if he's going ahead of Patrick Mahomes next season. I mean, is is Lamar Jackson to you now? Because he was, what, top five, top six, I think, on draft day this year? That's her. In that area. Mm-hmm. Is he top three next year? Is he top two? I, I still would say no. I'll take the other guys over Lamar Jackson for next year. Well, if you, and again, remember this, and I'll, I'll restate it. Josh Allen has 41 touchdowns this year. Lamar Jackson has 29. There's a huge difference. Brock yeah. Purdy has more passing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. And remember what Kyle said. This is the first time in years where he's played all the games. So that, I think, is the, the 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 flipping point that would lead me to still to say, I don't know about that because I look at Dak Prescott, I look at Patrick Mahomes, aren't they playing the full slate of games? Aren't they more likely to? I mean, that's history tells us they're more likely to. The style of play, I think, tells us they're more likely to. And if you look at it this year, you know, Lamar Jackson's third right now in scoring at the quarterback position, but he's only like 15 points ahead of Dak Prescott. You, so you take one game away from him, he drops to fourth. You take two games away from him, he drops behind Jordan Love. So all of a sudden, he's quarterback six. So, yeah, I I get it. And there's league-winning weeks with him without question, but there's still a lot of risk. As for the uh, Dolphins side of things, uh, they were going into this game, Ray, with, without a couple of big bullets. I mean, no Jalen Waddell, no Raheem Mostert. It's not looking very good for Waddell on Sunday night against Buffalo. We'll have to see on Mostert. A lot of people played Devin Achan. Uh, good enough. I mean, it wasn't like explosive, but it was good enough. He got a touchdown. My, my biggest takeaway in this game, Ray, is if you're a Tyreek Hill owner and you lost by like four points, <laughs> you should be angry. And I hate being angry at Tyreek Hill because the season has been incredible. But my gosh, Ray, he dropped an easy touchdown early in the game. Um, he was relatively quiet, you know, didn't even get to 80 yards. I don't think he scored. Did he even? He didn't score a touchdown in the fantasy playoffs. He didn't so like get he to 100 the, yards or score a touchdown yeah. in the fantasy playoffs. And, and again, great season. Going to be a top three receiver off the board next year. But Ray, you're kind of disappointed if you had him in week 17 and you come up short because he should have had a touchdown. You didn't have Jalen Waddle. You get blown out. You expect like big. If I laid all this out on the table, you'd say, okay, yeah, eight to 10 catches, 100-plus yards, and at least one score. He didn't get to any of that on Sunday for the Dolphins. He didn't, yeah, and I cut Kyle off. Sorry, Kyle, to to reiterate my point, in the fantasy playoffs, he did not reach 100 yards or score a touchdown in any of the three games. And this is a guy that was league MVP for some people, right? And just that, I mean, he was fine, but you're not in the, you know, you're not winning a championship because your guy was fine. Mm -hmm. So very disappointing end of the season for him. Uh, at least he was out there and, you know, he still played. I think the Raheem Oster thing is fascinating too, Kyle, because 
you know, I was wrong about Raheem Mostert. I thought he'd get hurt and miss games, and I was wrong. He had a great season. He had a season for the ages. And then he gets hurt in championship week. It was so apropos. It like it couldn't have been written better. That's like he lets you down right at the very end. Um, this this was tough. I mean, it, you know, Waddle wasn't there. Mostert wasn't there. Hill was disappointing. Tua Tungabaloa, second half of the season, was kind of just a guy after all the excitement at the start. So it, was a, it wasn't a front-loaded season for the Dolphins, but it, it certainly didn't end on a high note. Now they got to win next week against the Bills. Yeah, let's talk about the team they'll be playing next week. You mentioned the Bills' Sunday night football final game of the regular season. The winner will get the AFC East, which means a lot. That gets you a home game in the first round of the playoffs. And Ray, looking at the Bills yesterday, uh, they probably got more than they bargained for with the New England Patriots. And, and what's crazy is the Patriots played horrible football. Uh, Bailey Zappi was bad. Um, you know, they you take away their opening kickoff for a touchdown and like the Patriots did nothing yet. They were totally in this game against Buffalo. They, they had a chance to pull off the upset. And on the Buffalo side, Ray, you know, everybody's rolling Allen and Cook and Diggs. And, and you, man, Stefan Diggs, we talk about Tyree Kill. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on with Diggs. I, I don't know if it's injury related. I don't know if it's attitude related. But the guy has been a ghost. I, I looked it up, Ray, in the last seven games. So this is legitimately half of the season. Last seven games, 30 catches, 262 yards, and one touchdown. I mean, that that's not startable. And I know everybody's starting them every week, and you drafted them to be your wide receiver one. But that's a really awful production line for the last seven weeks of the season with Stephon Diggs. Yeah. And I mean, he was your first round draft pick for a lot of people or a second round pick. He was your first receiver off the board. Uh, he's in an offense again with a quarterback scores touchdowns. It's very pure middle of the offense. There's not a bunch of guys. It's not like seven different guys are scoring touchdowns each week. And he's the number one pass catching option. And all these things are there. And, you know, given everything, I mean, I have, I had Diggs in a league and, um, I started him every week and I never considered taking him out. Now mine's a 14 team league and okay. But to your point, the production stunk. And, you know, there has been, there have been whispers about, it's funny. I've seen whispers about injury and then people say, well, he's not on the field all the time. Stefan Diggs has never been on the field all the time. Like there's mm -hmm. a lot of receivers that played 95% of the snaps. Stefan Diggs has never been that guy. He's he just not, but I don't know what's going on. I mean, I, I for all the Ray gave, you know, Pat on the backs, Josh Allen, who has been tremendous. This offense that got all, they've been winning football games and everyone's excited about the team, but the offense does not look good. And yeah. especially through the air, the last three games, it's not just Diggs. The last three games, they have not had success through the air, Kyle. Diggs, by reputation, you noted, hey, I'm starting him every week. That reputation got him here. But right next season, I don't know if he's a wide receiver one. Don't you have to remove him from the top 10? after what we've seen for half of this year. Isn't that the case with Stefan Diggs? It's really tough to say. I'm going to drop a guy who just had 100 catches and eight touchdowns. Because that's, I mean, that's, you know, it's his worst season in four years, but it's a fourth straight year of huge numbers. <laughs> I, I think it's fair to consider it, at least. Because I think okay. there's going to be some changes with the Bills. Uh, well, i got to get a better handle on what are they going to do with their offense. Are they going to run the two tight end thing, the one tight end thing? What's their base offense going to be? Uh, where is Diggs mentally at? Because there have been, you know, there have been moments this year where he started going diva, right? So let's see what that mm -hmm. means. Uh, I'd like to say right now he's probably at the bottom of the wide receiver one rankings if things kind of stay yeah. the same, but it's an open-ended question at this point. Well, Diggs was quiet. Uh, Gabriel Davis did the usual. 
130 yards one week, 20 the following week. And that all leads to Josh Allen, Ray, um, who passing-wise was a failure yesterday. Disaster. I think he was 7 of 20 in the first half or something. It was horrible for the Bills. But for the fantasy owner, Ray, who cares? Because he got two rushing touchdowns. And it's wild with Allen, Ray. 15 rushing touchdowns on the season. And this all ties into James Cook. You talk about vultures. Nobody has been vultured more this season than James Cook of the Buffalo Bills, who I feel has had a good season. But because he doesn't get any carries inside the five, Ray, um, it goes down as, at best, like an RB2 season for James Cook. And, And here are the numbers. Allen now has eight rushing touchdowns from three yards or closer. Eight. James Cook has one. So, Ray, Josh Allen has stolen so much from James Cook. Like, if James Cook just gets five rushing touchdowns inside the three, we're thinking about him totally differently. Instead, it's like Josh Allen gets pushed up as a great fantasy quarterback. He's going to go down this year probably number one in scoring amongst all fantasy players. But, but Ray, I, I look at it, it's like, well, yeah, because he got eight rushing touchdowns from inside the three. He, he's done more on short yardage touchdowns than even Jalen Hurts has done in 2023. It's kind of remarkable that he has become the guy with 15 rushing touchdowns this year. The green zone, which is the five-yard line in, uh, James Cook has three carries there this season. Three. He's three. the RB1 for the team. <laughs> Lat Murray has 11. Yeah. Okay, which so we could talk about what are the yeah, that's that was weird that we we said that all season long. Like, why is Lat Murray so involved? Lat Murray's allowed, it's 14 for Josh Allen. And to your point, you know, and, and Josh Allen's like sixth in football in carries in the green zone. And yeah. you know, Jalen Hurts has 13 touchdowns actually in the green zone, too. So he actually has like more touchdowns in the green zone. So Swift is also in that zone. But it's really weird to think that Cook is again third on the depth chart at work at the goal line by a huge margin and that's something we'll have to consider next year because if this is the way the offense is going to go and you saw it yesterday with josh allen every time they got down there he's just running like they're they're just he's just running uh pushing guys oh you know using his size and all that that is something to consider with with guys like swift and cook both because they are limited if their quarterback's going to take it every time like you said inside the three yard line bills get the win 27 21 we just mentioned jalen hurts let's go to philadelphia shocker like very surprising i know philadelphia has been scuffling but Ray, I didn't see this one coming. Um, Arizona goes on the road to Philadelphia and pulls out a 35-31 win. At one point, they were down 21-6. to And Ray, that's usually Dunzo time. It's like, okay, see ya. Uh, let's start with Arizona. Because, Ray, I, I was listening to a portion of the Cardinals broadcast, the, the local radio broadcast yesterday. And they made the uh, point, the argument, that yesterday against Philadelphia was the best they have ever seen Kyler Murray in the pocket in terms of being a pocket passer. Said he's never been this good in the pocket than he was yesterday against Philadelphia. And lo and behold, Ray, for those who've been waiting for the Murray moment, I guess you have to say it was yesterday against Philadelphia, right? And it it wasn't great, but I will give him credit. That that was a pretty impressive comeback. And and a lot goes to James Conner. But you're playing without Hollywood Brown. Your season's over. You're facing a team that desperately needs a win. And I got to say, Kyler Murray stepped up. It's the first time I feel that I've looked at Kyler Murray and said, wow, 
that showed me something. That was that was kind of impressive doing what you did on the road against Philadelphia. And I still wasn't impressed. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it, it, I just look at him and he just I I don't know. I don't want my quarterback to be full on Tyler Heineke yelling, wearing a headband and stuff, you know, but it's like Tyler Murray, every play touchdown, bad play. He just, I don't, does he lead anybody? I don't think he does, but on the football field, you're right. He led a team yesterday to a victory and I I struggled. How much of this is the Cardinals or how much of this just is blame on the Eagles? That, that's Eagles, a good point. Yeah, I, I kind of put the blame on the Eagles, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because there, there's no question. The Eagles are a better team. Everyone in the world knows that. The Eagles are scuffling. Mm-hmm. They're scuffling right now. And, you know, you saw it at the end of the game. A.J. Brown's all pissed off looking like Lamar Murray. Like, and Devonta Smith hurt his lower leg late in the game. I mean, I don't know here, Kyle. I mean, I, I think there's equal praise and blame to go around here. But I, I tend to lean more toward the Eagles they got to play better football. That was an embarrassment yesterday. I, I know which way the fans in Philadelphia are leaning. They were they were booing the yeah. team for like a majority of the fourth quarter, <laughs> and after that loss was official, <laughs> raging <laughs> on their Eagles. I mean, it, it was true Philadelphia fan base um, in that game. You mentioned AJ Brown, and we are now up to one, two, three, four, five straight games without a touchdown. Uh, one touchdown in the last seven games. He's still getting yardage, but yesterday was a letdown, four for 53. Devonta Smith didn't do anything. Hurts uh, still had three touchdowns, but mm-hmm. it, it's still a team, Ray, that you're, you're rolling out all these guys. You're playing all these guys. And I guess the good news for a fantasy player, if you're playing week 18, all these guys are still going to be playing. Um, so Philadelphia is one of the teams that like five weeks ago, Ray, was said, oh gosh, you got to worry about, well, they bench guys. This is how it plays out, folks, and this is why I say, you know, worrying about Week 18. I get it. I, I again, Lamar Jackson's probably not going to play this week. Is, is McCaffrey? Well, he's hurt, but there's no use to reason to play him. Like they're not going to play. But Ray, if you got Elijah Mitchell, you're just fine. You're great. You're, you're rolling Elijah Mitchell. And for the other, you know, 28 to 30 NFL teams, all these guys are playing, and that includes Philadelphia. That includes the lousy teams. Like, there's still a load of players that are going to be playing in this Week 18. Yeah, and I'll have my weekly write-up on Thursday, my matchup piece over at FantasyGuru.com, and I'll I'll make sure to highlight – it'll be all over the place by that point, but I'll make sure to highlight which teams, you know, have seating locked up, which don't, and uh, obviously share any information in that article, as the rest of the staff will do at FantasyGuru.com, about where we're at. But, yeah, there, this is – you know, the, the Eagles in particular are one of those teams, like you're saying, that a month ago it was like, oh, man – you know, I got yeah. week 18. I got to worry about getting a solid backup quarterback. Jalen Hurts may not play. And they got they, they don't only have to, to play in week 18. They got to play a good football game. And they got they got to they got to yeah. they got to turn around what is if they go in, you know, losing next week, they're in like, are they even gonna win a playoff game? Like that, they're like they gotta turn this thing around. And well, so they right, probably will way because if if they don't win the NFC East, yeah, their their reward is a road trip to Tampa. But like, because Tampa would be hosting the game. I, I'd i take the Eagles on the road against Tampa, wouldn't you? Yeah, good point. I mean, it's if they don't win against the Giants, my point was if they don't beat the Giants next yeah. week, like, uh, but yeah, oh, the Buccaneers, like, don't even get me started with the Buccaneers. Yeah. Jeez. The, well, we'll go there in just a second. Okay. Uh, All right. I'll let it go. <laughs> James Conner, shout out to him. Um, over a thousand total yards again. He's a guy, Ray, like, when he left Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. I kind of thought it's it's kind of over. You know, he's a running back. He'll just slowly recede into the background. 
since he got to Arizona, Ray, three straight years of over a thousand total yards. And obviously yesterday, a couple of touchdowns, he was running hard. Um, sure. You have to worry about getting him through an entire season and you're constantly going to be checking the injury reports with James Conner, but full credit to him. I mean, he has carved out a very nice NFL career, not a great one, but a very nice NFL career. What is it? Five, six, seven years now that, that he's been doing this in the league. Yeah. He scored a couple of touchdowns yesterday. He only caught one pass, but it was a score 27 touches. And I think it's, he's had a really interesting road for the reason you alluded to Kyle is that, he was really good to start his career. Then injuries started coming up. Then he switched teams and injuries kept kind of, you know, it's like, oh, is he soft? Or he's just one of these guys that's always broken down. But when he's out there, he's always getting 85% of the touches out of the backfield for the Cardinals. Like he's always getting his 18 to plus touches each week. And we saw that yesterday. Uh, I didn't have, I think we had him ranked like 30th at running back this week at Fantasy Year. We did not expect the Eagles to uh, be in an even game, let alone catch up game. So we expected the Cardinals obviously would have to throw in the second half. That didn't happen. It allowed Connor and the game flow to, to be more involved. But shout out to him. Absolutely. He was not drafted highly. Uh, we didn't disrespect him in the fantasy space, but no one thought they were going to get the level of performance out of him that they did. You mentioned uh, the Eagles taking on the Giants. Let's go to the Giants, who put up a hell of a fight against the L.A. Rams. Uh, final score there, 26-25 Rams win. And Rams are kind of in the driver's seat to make the postseason. Um, Ray with the Giants, I must say probably the most shocking development in fantasy football was yesterday with the Giants. Ray, I would have bet my life that there would be no week this season where not one but two giant receivers were top 10 PPR plays. Two. <laughs> Darius Slayton and Wandell Robinson, right? And I know there were desperate fantasy owners out there who probably picked up Darius Slayton and said, ah, there's nothing else out there. I'm hoping for eight points. He got more than 20. Wendell Robinson was right at 20 in a PPR setup. Shocking, Ray. And, and it wasn't like a great game for Tyrod Taylor. Saquon Barkley didn't do a thing. But those two receivers, top 10 receivers in the championship week of fantasy football. I got one question yesterday about Darius uh, Slayton, and I said no. So sorry, whoever asked <laughs> that one question. Um, I have him in a 16-team dynasty league, and I didn't even start him. The, the answer is always no. With yeah, Darius right. Slayton, right? <laughs> uh, and I think that, that the Wendell Robinson thing, I mean, you know, six catches for 55 yards, whoopee-doo. It's the rushing touchdown, which is unpredictable. So, yeah, I, I know you're right. There are certainly people that have one or two of those guys, and they might be, you know, getting tattoos with their names on their arm or something now because yeah. <laughs> they helped them win. But it was you know, the Giants should have won that football game. By the way, they really yeah. should have won the football game. The Rams should have, you know, fallen to eight and eight. But uh, yeah, I would have never expected that you would see two guys perform that well in Week 17 Championship Week, and also see, like you said, their big guy Saquon Barkley do virtually nothing. That was that was yeah. an interesting game from the Giants' perspective. Yeah, very interesting game for the Giants. Rams' defense was a letdown. I know a lot of people were streaming them mm -hmm. against the Giants. You really didn't get much there. Um, this Rams team, Ray, is, is kind of fascinating because, you know, depending on league size and how people drafted, this team probably gave us the two best bargains, whether off the waiver wire or late on the draft, in Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua. And this Kyron Williams thing, right, it deserves some, some mentions because he has been a beast this season. When he is on the field, Ray, he's like McCaffrey. Now, I know he's missed games and he's not Christian McCaffrey, but look at his numbers. Look at his touches. Look at his touchdowns. Look at the constant 
run of over 100 total yards. Tyron Williams, Ray, has, has been like a godsend for fantasy players. If, if they picked him up or drafted him as like their fifth running back, he is the hit of the season, I think, when you add it all up in 2020. Yeah, even with all that missed time, he ends up running back five, which is pretty remarkable. If you look at his point per game total, as you said, Kyle, the only guy better than him is CMC. How uh, close is it? Points per uh, game? CMC's at 24 and a half. Kyron Williams is at 21-3. Okay, so it's a, it's a so, it's a space, yeah. Yeah, but then the, then if you look at the running back position, Raheem Mostert is third, and he's under 18 points. Hmm. So as big of the gap is between CMC and Williams, there's that gap from Williams to the next guy. So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting how we see, because you, you, you posed this question to me. We've talked about Christian McCaffrey, and, you know, is he the obvious number one pick? And, you know, probably, but then we had week 17 letdown, and you have people that say, look, Kyron Williams, and, We've seen the running back in the, the Rams offense provided McVay is back next year. We've seen the running back here, Todd Gurley, get 90% of the work, play 90% of the snaps. We saw that kind of stuff with Kyron Williams mm-hmm. at times. Uh, this offense, and, and I, I remember seeing this a couple weeks ago, and I assume it's still the case. Kyron Williams has faced less uh, defenders in the box than any running back in football in terms of eight men in the box because the way the Rams run their offense, they spread the field out. So defenses yeah. can't. They can't bring the guys into the box and stop the run. So there's open space that they create as an offense. And with Stafford there and McVay there, um, there's a very good chance that Kyron Williams is the running back one again next year as long as he's healthy. Massive game for him, three touchdowns. Not a massive game for Nakua, but he was over 100 yards. Of course, a lot of that, almost all that, was uh, thanks to an 80-yard catch that he had. Uh, do want to note this with Nakua. If he has four catches next week, and if he has 29 yards next week, four catches, 29 yards, he will be your all-time NFL rookie record holder for catches and receiving yardage in their first season. Puka Nakua. I mean, think about it. Not Jamar Chase, not Justin Jefferson, not Odell Beckham. <laughs> Puka Nakua. Most catches as a rookie, most receiving yardage as a rookie. He needs just four and 30. Four and 30, he gets that mark for next week. Uh, let's stay in the NFC West, Ray, and talk about San Francisco. Um, it wasn't the most thrilling game against Washington. I think people kind of went into that matchup and thought, you know, the defense is going to destroy Sam Howell. Um, the offense is going to destroy the commanders. They win by 17, and it was relatively easy in the second half, and Howell started making turnovers and bad throws, as he is wont to do. Uh, but overall, it was kind of a competitive game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the big news here is McCaffrey, Ray. And, and it, it yep. sucks. It's kind of like Tyreek Hill, like we were talking about earlier. You are here in week 17 because of Christian McCaffrey. He, he's been a stud. He may have been the number one pick in your draft. It's very rare to have back-to-back seasons of being the, the number one pick in fantasy football. And this year, there was some Jefferson push, maybe even more Jefferson than McCaffrey. Uh, but, Ray, I don't think there's any doubt going into next year, McCaffrey is going to be the first guy off the board. Um, it just sucks that in week 17, he literally had his worst fantasy performance of the year. I think he had a 13.6, like back in week five or six or something. 13.1, I think, was the final number yesterday. He can't explain it away with a calf injury. Mm-hmm. And and again, I don't know if you're lucky it didn't happen until week 17, Ray, but those are usually the things that happened to Christian McCaffrey in week four. Mm-hmm. And they stick with him all season. He has played... And he has beaten the odds through 16 weeks. 
He just didn't have it for a 17th week, unfortunately. Yeah, and Eliza Mitchell, his backup, uh, went 17 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown. So it's very reasonable to think McCaffrey would have gone for 100 yards and had his touchdown and everything would have been fine. So that, I guess, is another little jab. Uh, but, yeah, the, the the running back position, any position, I mean, we've seen it with quarterback this year, right? Like the injury quotient is so high anymore in the NFL. You've got to continue to just, you know, build a good team. you got to work the wave wire, the trade market, all those kind of things. You have to do that all season long. It is difficult, and I've seen people say this, like you noted, that Chris McCaffrey, you know, cost me my season. Bro, you ain't in the playoffs if Chris McCaffrey's on your team. Like, you know, and if this had happened in week two, you wouldn't care. The timing and of it is terrible. And points is not like – yeah. it's not a dastardly game. It's just not up to his usual standards. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you could have still won instead of 23, you got 13. <laughs> you could have still won if the rest of your team came through. But, yeah, it's it's terrible timing. And, you know, the Niners, obviously, as you and I both pointed out, they have nothing to play for. McCaffrey playing this week, chance of that's like 1%, right? He's not going to yeah. play this week in week 18. So, you know, the, he'll, they'll have time to get him healthy. He'll get multiple weeks to rest, and hopefully he'll come back out uh, for the Niners in the playoffs on a higher note than he ended the fantasy playoffs for us this year. Both uh, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel had touchdowns here, and Ray, it got me wondering, you know, when we look at – you know, like Miami. Okay, Jalen Waddle's good, but he's number two to Tyreek Hill. Um, in Philadelphia, Devonta Smith's good, but he's number two to A.J. Brown. Um, you know, Seattle's got this to an extent with Metcalf and, and Lockett. What about in San Francisco, Ray? Who's the one and who's the two? Are, are they both ones when you look at Ayuk versus Samuel? I think that the number one has to be Debo Samuel, even though the numbers are better as a pass catcher for Brandon Ayuk. I think that the Ayuk is the field stretcher, right? And I think a lot of the, the success, he, he was leading football heading into this week in yards per catch. Uh, I think a lot of that success is twofold. One, they also have Kittle that stretches the field you know, tremendously. And two, they've got McCaffrey and Debo doing all this underneath stuff. So I think mm -hmm. that Debo Samuel on any team could be utilized the way he's utilized and have tremendous amounts of success. I think if Brandon Ayuk was on a bunch of teams, he'd be the number two and he'd be, you know, he'd be catching 73 passes for 906 yards, right? I think he's a good football player. I think he's in a great spot. I think he plays off his teammates a little bit more than Debo Samuel who drives the bus, if that makes sense. Uh, there was a point earlier in this season and, and maybe, I don't know, still today, I don't think so, but um, who's the number one in Vegas? Jacoby Myers? or Devontae Adams. Let's go to Vegas, who was in Indianapolis on Sunday. Uh, Ray, for at least today, it was all Devontae Adams. I mean, my goodness, 21 targets in this game. He had one catch last week. <laughs> the next week, right? 21 targets, 13 catches, 126 yards, and two touchdowns. I said this at the opening of the show, saving your best for last. If you manage to get to week 17, I know it has not been an easy road with Devontae Adams, but, Ray, you got a huge payoff with Devontae Adams, a massive effort. They lose to the Colts, but that's like the effort you, you wanted four or five times this year. You got it once with Devontae Adams, but I guess the timing was right if you were playing in Week 17. Yeah, I don't know what the Raiders – I mean, I have no idea. They're playing better under their new interim coach and all that, but, you know, one game with the, one catch for Adams, a second game with one catch for Adams – another game with two catches for Adams. He had five different games where he didn't get to 50 yards. Like what, what is going on here? And then 13 I, catches. <laughs> yeah. And then he had multiple games with 13 catches and two touchdowns. It's like, what are you doing? 21 targets. He had two games this year with 13 catches, 20 targets and two touchdowns, which is, I mean, they're 90. I, I would say without looking, 
that 99% of the wide receivers in the whole team have never done that once in their career. Like, that's just insanity. <laughs> and in the end, Devontae Adams, who, you know, has been disappointing at times, no question, is two catches away from a 100-catch, 1,000-yard season again. It's like yeah. – and that was with crap-ass awful offense. Now, he's not going to get to the 11 touchdowns he's hit each of the previous three years. He's got seven right now. But, you know, he, he and Stefan Diggs, similar numbers – Right. Very mm -hmm. similar numbers. But the perception is one guy came through and obviously the other one didn't. Yeah. Uh, for the Raiders, Amir White, I know a lot of people were rolling with him. He got a lot of work, but didn't do much with it. Uh, 20 carries, 71 yards, no touchdowns. So he'd been a little lucky, honestly, with Amir White the previous two weeks. Uh, the numbers looked better than the actual game did. Uh, that caught up to you a bit in week 17 on the Colts side. Nothing really stands out here. Jonathan Taylor, you know, a ho-hum 96 yards rushing in the touchdown. Uh, Michael Pittman was on the field, but pretty quiet. Gardner Minshew, game manager. But the Colts, a huge win. It's I, I still struggle with the idea, Ray, that the Colts are a playoff team. I'm, I'm, I'm still having a difficulty with, with that. 23-20, <laughs> they win. What are they, 9-7? and seven? Like the Rams are 9-7. and seven. I get that team being in the playoffs. I'm still struggling with the Colts just a bit. Well, and I, you know, we talk about this a lot, being a good team, having good coaching, you know, running things, you know, I'll give Gardner Minshew credit. He hasn't screwed it up. Yeah. Right. Cause that, that, that's, you know, there's a lot of other teams that are, I think kind of in this nine and seven to seven and nine zone, like the Raiders, a lot of teams kind of in that zone. And I think that you know, pat on the back to Minshew, um, you know, he shouldn't be starting, you know, for a team that has playoff aspirations, but he's managed it well. Another game yesterday, no turnovers. But to your point, I don't think anyone is you know looking at a playoff schedule and saying, "Oh, we got the Colts next week; we're in trouble." Like, well, you, know. you know, when you bring up this Colts season, you mentioned the coaching staff, and, and and they do deserve credit, I think. But does that get you more excited about Anthony Richardson, seeing what they've been able to do with Gardner Minshew and to win these games? And you know, they got Pittman, they have Taylor. I mean, those are two absolute studs to build around. Josh Downs, if he can stay healthy, kind of has that look of a of solid number two. Mm -hmm. Richardson's going to come back from this knee injury, Ray, and I bet he's – is he going to be a top-10 quarterback? Or is that going to be too aggressive since we've seen so little of him in his rookie season? Well, and we yeah. saw this early, right, that we saw the full Lamar Jackson experience with Richardson, right? Yeah. We saw the injuries and we saw the highs. We saw it all there. We saw some great plays. We saw some bad plays. I mean – to me, when you're six, what is he, six five, two fifty, whatever the hell he is, he's a huge dude. You're bumping into guys, getting concussions and stuff. It's like, ah, you know, so I want to draft him as a two. I think there's a lot of work he still needs to do as a passer. We have to get over the the concern of, you know, is he going to be able to play that style of football in the NFL? And like you said, the lack of experience in rust. So for me, if I'm taking him, I'm doing the whole, if I take him as my one, Kirk Cousins is my two move that we've talked about forever. I, I can get support behind that, right? Like you take him and then you take Russell Wilson or whoever it is if he's starting as the quarterback next year. But I would struggle to say he's a guy that I'm going to build my team around at this point in 2024. Let's go from uh, one nine and seven team that we kind of wonder about, really a playoff team, to another nine and seven team that we kind of wonder about, really a playoff team. Pittsburgh, uh, Steelers 30, Seahawks 23. And much like Devontae Adams, Ray, saving his best for last, Najee Harris. Um, but again, there's that 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 yank of the chain. Uh, the yank of the chain, Ray, is it could have been three touchdowns for Najee Harris. But for those who saw it, dude had a wide open lane to the end zone late in the game. He did the team thing, Ray, but not the fantasy thing. He slid. Passed up on the touchdown. 
And I know there are people that lost because of it. And it happens every year. Every single year we hear about it. Najee Harris was the guy. I, I would point out, Ray, he still got you two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He still got you well over 100 yards. Um, Najee has not been an easy own this season, but at least he kind of goes out on a high note with the effort against Seattle. Yeah, and I will say this in the league where I was playing the FSG, I ended up in third place there. I won yesterday, luckily. I had Harris on my bench, and it was the best mm-hmm. game. So even I didn't play him this week. Uh, and it's it's really interesting because, you know, you look at his overall numbers and his overall rushing numbers are going to be almost identical to last season, mm-hmm. which is no one would have believed. Oh, he's terrible. It's almost going to be identical. It's the lack of receiving involvement that's really dinged him. But you look at this, you know, since the middle of uh, October, 50 yards rushing touchdown, 99 yards touchdown, 69 yards touchdown, 82 yards touchdown, 63, 65, 78 touchdown, 122 touchdown. That guy's a weekly starter. I mean, that's a top 20. And everybody wanted to bench him, Ray, because Jalen Warren, Jalen Warren's going to take over. It never happened. I mean, the the Steelers, they used Warren, but it's obvious. Harris is the lead guy. And and that was, you know, you go back to like week three, Ray. You go back to the preseason, and everybody was expecting Warren to push Harris out of the way. It never happened this season. It never did. And, and, you know, they, they, have a chance to, I think, or they have a chance where they both hit it. I have to look to get a thousand scrimmage yards, which is very difficult to do, even in an extended season. Have two yeah. guys do that. Uh, you look at the performance, you know, since week 12, Najee Harris is running back 21, right? To, to your point, Warren is 23. Both were top 25 guys for the, basically the, the stretch run here and through the playoffs. And so that's how this team has had success. Uh, Mason Rudolph, shockingly, is the best quarterback <laughs> the Steelers have. Um, that's, you know, he's, Played mistake-free football yesterday. Didn't throw the turn turnover. They won the football game. But yeah, this offense is still. I mean, they had four guys that got a target. Like yeah. it's it's all about those two running backs in the backfield. Well, and George Pickens Ray is like really a tough nut to crack for me. Like 131 yards on seven catches, working with Mason Rudolph, and then we saw what he did last week as well. Like the talent's absolutely there, Ray. But you wonder about the QB and you wonder about the attitude. And it's like, I, I don't know what to do with George Pickens. I I don't even feel comfortable. I, I think he is a wide receiver too, but I wouldn't feel comfortable drafting him as my second wide receiver for next year. Because if it's Kenny Pickett, I, I, you know, I'd rather go Garrett Wilson. Definitely with Aaron Rodgers. I, heck, I'd rather go Garrett Wilson with Zach Wilson versus George Pickens with Kenny Pickett in this offense. Because like yesterday, Ray, and again, it's Mason Rudolph. I get why, but I don't know if it changes with Pickett. 71 plays that they, 71 snaps, 40 rushing attempts by Harris and Warren. And honestly, that should be what Pittsburgh is with these two guys, Ray. Mm-hmm. They, they should be like Cleveland or like Cleveland mm-hmm. was pre-Flacco where it's a lot of running going into next season. So Pickens, to me, I'm not really going to jump on that train. And he's obviously got the ability and the talent, even with bad quarterbacks. But it's not a situation I really want to go after for next year. Yeah. Kenny Pickett, if I'm not mistaken, has one touchdown pass in his last seven games. Hmm. Just let let that (laughs) bathe yourself in the glory of Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Like, it's Kenny Pickett, and we've said this, and, you know, no offense to the guy. Kenny Pickett's a backup quarterback. That's what he is. It's been two years now. We have seen nothing. Nothing. And I don't know if it's hand size. I don't care what the reason. That's just what it is. <laughs> and, you know, when, when, because, you know, you saw, I mean, it's a, it's a very, 
it's a hard thing to learn, I think, for some of these quarterbacks. Like, there's the Nick Mullins, I'm going to fling the ball over the place. And then there's the Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph has sat there on the sidelines. He's watched. He's studied. He's learned the playbook. And he says, look, I, I you know, I, I'm not going to sit there and be Josh Allen. I'm not going to be Patrick Mahomes. I'm just going to run a, an offense. I'm not going to make mistakes. I'm going to do what the coach says. I'm going to execute. And we're going to win football games. That's what they need. And I don't think Kenny Pickett can do that. I don't think he can. So mm-hmm. it is scary with George Pickens because, you know, dude is a dynamic talent. He really is. But you worry about the offense, you worry about the quarterback play, and then to your point also, Kyle, you worry about the diva nature, which has been everywhere oozing out of his pores right now. For a kid who you haven't done anything, George Pickens, um, <laughs> that's a little concerning moving forward. I totally agree with you. Steelers 9-7, and seven, pretty impressive road win at Seattle, um, although uh, it wasn't really the 12th man you're expecting in Seattle. A lot of Steelers fans there, like half the crowd, I think, were Pittsburgh fans on the road in Seattle. We talk about the Steelers kind of still looking for their quarterback. Uh, Ray, that leads us to the Bears, where I guess people still want them to find another quarterback. I I don't know why. I've been saying for well over a month, I've been consistent with this. Stick with Fields. Take your number one pick, which they they locked down yesterday. Carolina lost again, so the Bears have the number one pick. And everybody wants them to take a quarterback, Ray. Mm -hmm. I would much prefer taking somebody else (laughs) or trading the pick. You know, there's a lot of teams. We've seen it every week. A lot of teams need a quarterback. So there will be someone willing to give them a load of picks. And, Ray, this all lands in the lap of Justin Fields, who I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying you're guaranteed a Super Bowl. But, Ray, just let him be your quarterback. Like, it's not spectacular. And, hey, doing it against Atlanta doesn't mean much. You know what did mean much? He did it in shitty weather. He did. Yeah. And and the fact that he and DJ Moore are hooking up for 160 yards in a game that featured snow and wind and cold, sign me up for that. And and yet still they they want to move on. They, the shiny new toy is more impressive than Justin Fields, I guess. The only argument that makes sense, and we're not the only people who have talked about this or brought this point up. The only argument that makes any sense is the financial piece. That we'd rather have a quarterback on a rookie contract than you know paying Fields 40 million dollars a year. And that's the only argument that makes sense. Yeah. And the problem with that is that at some point you got to plant the flag, right? You can't just keep yeah. kicking the rock down the road. And I know because I I watch these games. I don't know how many people watch every game. You know, they're playing fantasy doesn't mean that you watch every game. Maybe you watch the highlights, whatever. I'll tell you this, and I've said it all along, like you too. Justin Fields is one of the top fifteen quarterbacks in this league. Period. Period. There's no there's no debate. The question is, is he top ten? How high up? Yeah. His skill level is elite and you saw it again yesterday if you didn't see watch go watch the highlight where he was almost sacked twice and he's spinning out of things and he's running ran for 35 yards or whatever the hell it was not 38 yards down the field whatever he's a he's a fantastic talent and the reason they win football games is largely because of him and they don't lose them because of him so does he make mistakes does he have flaws absolutely yeah for sure but that guy i could have him be the quarterback of my team and i'm pretty sure ravens I'm pretty sure I could figure out how to win football games with Justin Fields as my quarterback. Well, the financial component, I get it, but I, I don't think there's any doubt. Okay, we'll save money, but all of a sudden now we're back to winning four games. We oh, got a rookie tough. quarterback. And and this idea that, oh, we're going to save a lot of money. This guy's great. Dude, the track record of great, number one, number two, number three picks is is not – people act like it's a guarantee. Bryce Young. It's not. Yeah, I was guaranteed that Caleb Williams, like he was the Heisman favorite going into the season. He's the guy, Caleb Williams. Oh yeah. He, dude didn't come close to winning the Heisman. His team was expected to be top 10 this year. They lost like five games. 
So like that's what everybody knew. They all oh, they swore about USC. They swore about and now and we're gonna hear that in the next few months. Caleb Williams is this generational talent at quarterback. We're gonna hear all that crap. Or Drake May with UNC. I, I wouldn't buy it, Ray. I, I like for a, for a franchise that just went through the Mitch Trubisky crap. Because mm-hmm. Mitch Trubisky was supposed to be that guy. Mm-hmm. They took him before Mahomes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why would you? Why would you start over? I don't get it. It's just flabbergasting to me. Anyway, Justin Fields, good touchdown throw, touchdown run. DJ Moore, awesome. Khalil Herbert, Ray, that's another guy. You know, if you survived Devontae Adams, if you survived Najee Harris, Ray, if you survived Khalil Herbert, I was actually playing him the last two weeks, so I was happy. He had 100 yards in both weeks, mm-hmm. 16 and 17. Not like crazy impressive. It was more a matter of circumstance, but he got it, which is what matters with Khalil Herbert, what matters when you're trying to get points. Yeah, this is another team that, I mean, we're talking about kind of not turmoil, but the indecision, like just pick a running back. Like it, Foreman, it's been Johnson, it's been Herbert. There's been injuries sprinkled. It, like pick a running, Khalil Herbert last year and Khalil Herbert this year, when given an opportunity, has looked like the best running back the Bears have. It, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand it either. I don't know what the the problem is. Last couple of weeks he came through. Um, it's it was a situation that, you know, I think all of us as analysts got wrong because the Bears kept switching it every week. You know, I wish we, I wish we had more game action than just Week 18 now because I think they finally have yeah. established that hey, it's Herbert. You know, Dante Foreman was a healthy scratch it seems like yesterday uh and it was great if you were forced to play herbert i got a couple of herbert you know bears questions just like two or three like no one was going in that direction uh but herbert finally finally has established himself as the lead running back with this team we'll see nah nah <laughs> it'll be fighting for a job next year right book mm-hmm. it i mean Dodds foreman rashawn johnson those guys will still be hanging around um i'm not gonna waste any more breath on atlanta so i'm just done with it you know pick a court race saying pick a running back pick a quarterback atlanta they have no clue, which leads us to Minnesota, Ray. I mean, last night against Green Bay, they start for some reason. Jaron Hurd, I mean, Hall. or Jaron Hall, sorry. They gave him two quarters, and they said, okay, this doesn't work. I mean, there's another situation. It's just terrible in Minnesota. I'm more interested, though, in the Green Bay side because, Ray, we're, we're talking about, okay, Pittsburgh's looking for a quarterback. A lot of teams looking for a quarterback. Chicago, I think they got one, but they want to move on. Green Bay, I we got our answer, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Jordan Love. I know it's not been great, and heck, this team lost on the road to the Giants. You know they they survived against Carolina. I mean they're not very good, but Ray they go to Minnesota and boom, it was a a mauling by Jordan Love and Jaden Reed especially in the first half. Those guys were making sweet music throughout the game. And one thing to point out with Love, Ray, his he has gotten no practice time with his receivers, True. none. And he's got different guys every week, different tight ends, different running backs. Aaron Jones has been hurt all year. It's actually impressive what he has done, considering everything around him has been in a total flux throughout the season. Yeah, I will say that, and I still watch it, and you saw it again on his touchdown pass. Dude's got to clean up his mechanics. He throws everything off his back foot. He misses a lot of easy – he makes good passes. You're like, wow. But Ray, he does miss easy passes that are like you should be able to connect on those with your eyes closed. Yeah, I mean, point your shoulder, drive the football. It's not complicated. You're not it's not throw it off the the back of your you know your, yeah. your lawn chair. And he's got to clean that up because his arm talent, which everyone talks about, is is strong. His decision making is pretty good. Uh, to your point, I don't like at all what the Packers have done with their receiving core when it's 
when they've been healthy and I don't know how often they've been healthy, you know, Melton and it's like a new, it's a different guy every week. Right. And that's, so that's Melton last night. Yeah, like it's, you know, kudos to the, the offensive coordinators and the coaches and to love for making it work to your point to making it work. Cause it's very difficult to shuttle guys in and out. We see this happen with other teams and they, they fall to pieces, but they need to establish things. And part of the problem here is does Christian Watson play football? Like yeah. I, like, do, do, it's been two years now. You can't fix a hamstring. Come on, man. Like, it's a muscle pull. Like, so they got to figure things out with the receiving core. But Jordan Love is is their franchise quarterback. He is. Yeah. And we'll see how high up the order he, he goes in terms of, you know, ascending the pantheon in the fantasy space. But he's their guy. They 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 used him behind Rodgers. They mentored him. Now they got their guy. Jane Reed uh, had that huge first half, 80-plus uh, yards, two touchdowns, did not play in the second and half he re-aggravated the chest injury due for an MRI I think today or at least you know further evaluation today so we'll see on him Aaron Jones over 100 yards um, on the Vikings side I mean the, the offense has become a mess with shuttling quarterbacks in and out uh, Jefferson a bit of a letdown you know it, and I get it you know you drafted Justin Jefferson he's obviously missed like half the year with an injury and then he comes back and he's dealing with Nick Mullins and Jalen Hall I mean I Jaron Hall it's like I I'll give him a pass, I guess, Ray, is what I'm saying. To me, Justin Jefferson's still a first-round pick next season. Yeah, I think that, well, they got to fix their quarterback, but I think they will. Well, right? It could be Cousins, I would it suspect. Should, it, but it, maybe it should not. be. Yeah, it should yeah. be. But, yeah, this is, you know, the, the, the picture here is, and it's, what is this coaching staff doing? That's the, the coaching staff comes, the head coach comes out and says, any one of our three guys could start. <laughs> that's not you know, and we said this i said this on the show if you got three quarterbacks you got none okay they don't have a plan as you said they go to they go to the guy that's going to make him it's going to take him to the playoffs they bench him halfway through the game like you got it you couldn't you you have playoff aspirations here man and you're yeah. doing this crap so yeah when you're justin jefferson and you don't know who's even throwing you the football the the playbook is different the way the guys see the field is there all these things he really and this offense obviously really misses kirk cousins yeah, I, I was shocked they went with Hall. And I'm not, I think Mullins is not any good. Mullins is a turnover machine, but you have a chance of the playoffs and you're rolling out Hall, a rookie, in his first start. I mean, you can't tell me Joshua Dobbs doesn't give you a better chance. Just crazy the decisions they're making there. Um, let's go to uh, Kansas City, where the uh, Chiefs got a win, a much needed win. Uh, Ray, they owe it to Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, that was a guy throughout last week. We were worried about, is he going to play? Is he not? He got cleared of the protocol and uh, did really well. The, the rest of this team didn't do much. Rasheed Rice had a big catch late. That put him well over 100 yards. First game, by the way, for Rasheed Rice, I think over 100 yards. So kudos to him. But Ray, the offense is still like, if you're a Mahomes and a Kelsey owner, you got killed yesterday. I mean, you, you, didn't, you didn't get 250 yards from Patrick Mahomes. You got three catches and 16 yards for Travis Kelsey massive letdowns from those two superstars where uh, that, that is officially killing you in the championship game. You know, Josh Allen didn't do anything throwing much like Mahomes, mm -hmm. but he still got two rushing touchdowns. Mahomes didn't do any of that. And he got the win and he's still Patrick Mahomes, but fantasy wise, Ray, his year has been a letdown and Kelsey's been a huge letdown this year. Yeah. This offense to draw a parallel to the team we talked about earlier, this is slaloming to Colts Garner Minshew territory quickly. Like it's bad. It's bad. Like their offense yesterday was Isaiah Pacheco. That was the yeah. offense. And thank goodness for them. He was active because he, he had 25 touches, which they never do. I did like one thing they did. They shrunk everything down. There weren't 18 guys catching passes. There weren't 14 guys getting carries. Like they shrunk it down 
problem is the results weren't there. And yeah, this team is, you know, playoff bound and all that kind of stuff. It's one and out unless things dramatically change here for them. Cause it's this, this offense just as Jeff Manza said all along, they need penalties as we've talked about all along. It hasn't worked. And this is, this is really surprising because I still, I, I still think there's very little doubt that at worst, Patrick Mahomes is the third best quarterback in football at yeah. worst. It's probably still number one. Still got Andy Reid. Maybe Eric Bieniemy, And that loss mattered more than we thought. Well, they walked the razor's edge yesterday. What I mean by that is Harrison Butker had six field goals. Mm-hmm. So they, they're, they're often stalled a lot. That, that could have been a very different game for Patrick Mahomes. You know, he could have walked away in that game with three touchdowns and 300 yards. But for whatever reason, they got inside the, the 30, inside the 20. And couldn't do anything offensively. And and a lot of that is credit to the Bengals. Kind of wild to think the Bengals won't be in the playoffs. I get it. Joe Burrow wasn't there. Uh, but they lose yesterday. Um, obviously, Jamar Chase, Ray, it was good to have him back. You had to play him. I still stand by that. But Legereus Sneed shut him down. It was a really quiet game for, for Jamar Chase. Three catches. T. Higgins got hurt. Missed about a quarter and a half or so before he came back. But overall, that Bengals offense did not have the magic that they had like three, four weeks ago with Browning. It was, and and the Chiefs have a good defense and it's not like the Bengals were horrible, but, you know, I felt like they left a lot on the, on the field that could have worked late um, passes that could have been completed. And and that goes to Browning. It's kind of the inexperience factor. The fact he has a backup, there were throws Ray that were there that could have been made that he just came up short with. Yeah. And I mean, it's very easy to say this and there's no way to prove it, but if Joe Burrow plays that football game, the Bengals win, don't they? I mean, that's Probably. that's my read of it. Yeah. Um, T. Higgins, another one of these guys like Watson, like can't stay on the field. Um, mm-hmm. You know, here's Jamar Chase gutting it out, and you know this is Browning had what he throw. I think I saw a graphic flash on the screen. He's the first Bengals quarterback ever to have four straight two seventy five games. I think I saw that. Maybe <laughs> I, maybe I hallucinated it uh, in terms of passing yards. And there have been moments, and you and I, you, you even said, "Hey, this offense looks great." It's true, it has, but he's still yeah. like you're saying, a totally inexperienced guy, and. You know, when you start t- taking weapons away from an inexperienced quarterback, it gets very difficult to have success against a good defense. Uh, let's go to uh, Tampa, where I got to say the Bucks laid an absolute egg yesterday. Uh, the crazy thing, fantasy players, is I know a lot of people, Ray, were turning to Baker Mayfield. You know, they were desperate. They had injuries, whatever. And it was an absolute failure until the fourth quarter. He 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 probably saved some championships with two meaningless touchdowns in the fourth quarter because mm-hmm. they were scoreless. The Bucks had zero points entering the fourth quarter. Baker Mayfield was junk. And Ray, you look at the final line. It's like, okay, I got 300 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden it's a brilliant decision, but that was a game, man. I, I know there were Baker Mayfield owners who got to the fourth quarter. Like, Oh God, I, I finished second. I, there's no way I can win this week. We love garbage time. And Baker Mayfield was totally garbage time on Sunday he totally was and I'm trying to pull it up here I think that mm-hmm. we had him like 12th or 13th at quarterback this week yeah. and I, I'm looking at that going oh man that shoot <laughs> and then in the end like you said okay you know he had a couple of picks and depending on how your league scores that but okay he was he was fine right but your the game if you watched it the performance if you watch it totally dead on there it was not good and uh you know garbage time points matter too <laughs> I guess that's the moral of the story Kyle but yeah that that Bucks team is is limping. Obviously, playoff hopes too, still there. But uh, all they have to do is beat Carolina next week, and they're yeah. in the playoffs. So, so Tampa that. Bay next second year in a row, we're gonna have a, a really impressive division winner uh, there. <laughs> yeah, woo, 
Gosh, and a quiet day for Rashad White. Quiet day for Mike Evans. Really a quiet day all around. Godwin got a late touchdown to save his day. On the other side for the Saints, Ray, I guess we can etch the name Jawan Johnson into fantasy championship legend. Uh, hell, of a game. eight ninety and one. I think all those numbers were career best. I mean, the one touchdown. I guess that's yeah. not a career best, but eight catches, ninety yards. Jawan Johnson, a tight end hero. He was the number one tight end in fantasy football this week. And 12 targets to 12. Uh, and I, you can make the very strong argument that if you're going to play a tight end from the Saints, he wasn't even the guy you'd play. He was Taysom Hill, right? And, yeah. You know, he made a couple of a uh, couple of great plays yesterday. That one catch where he flipped over on his head and everything. Like he was he was balling yesterday. That, and that ends the season on a high note. Yeah. Fantasy touchdowns in the playoffs. Tyreek Hill zero. Fantasy touchdowns in the playoffs. Jawan Johnson three. <laughs> yeah. You're tight end hero, man. That's how the position rolls. Uh, Jaguars 26, Panthers nothing. Outside of Travis Etienne, nothing happened in this game, really. And the Calvin Ridley thing, Ray, is kind of the, the – I think it's nine games now where he was under 40 yards. And, you know, in and of itself, working with C.J. Beathard, okay, I'll let you slide. But, I mean, that's it, it, you don't have Kirk out there. You don't have Zay Jones out there. And they still can't get Calvin Ridley the ball. He's, he's had – Huge highs this year, you know, three, four games that were just massive, but the rest of the season kind of a huge letdown, I think, with with a guy like uh, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, he's in a PPR setup. I think he's wide receiver 25, and I think he was drafted at, you know, 20, 21. So he's basically been the guy you drafted him to be one extra touchdown changes it. But to your point, there's been extreme volatility there. It's very interesting. I'm looking at the, the rankings right now. The guy right next to him in the rankings is George Pickens, who, who we talked about oh. earlier, you know, so it's like, that's, I guess, where we're at in the NFL at this point. When we're outside the top 10 guys, we need to just understand and accept that volatility. It well, help it, at all. you know, and, and you get outside that top 10, Ray, and it really comes down to who was on the field. And Ridley's been on the field every week. Yep. You know, he's at least played, uh, which after last year not playing a game, maybe we consider that a victory. Uh, Texans 26, Titans 3. Again, little to say about this. Good to have C.J. Stroud back. Uh, didn't have a great game. They, they were like the, the, the uh, Chiefs. I think the... Field goals. Let's see, a 27-yard field goal, a 38-yard field goal, and a 28-yard field goal. So the Texans had a lot of drives that stalled inside the red zone. So Stroud's day could have been a lot different. <clears throat> Overall, just good to have him back. Okay effort. And then, Ray, a, a game that was, you know, there's meaningless, and then there's meaningless in all caps. Meaningless in all caps was Denver and the Chargers. I, I got to admit, Ray, I don't think I saw a play of this game. I don't think I'm trying to remember if I, I saw anything in this game that, that, that was the most useless and not worth watching game of the season. Easton stick against Jared Stidham. And you look at this box score, Ray, is there anything I'm missing? Did, did I miss anything by not watching a play between the chargers and Broncos? Yeah. Unfortunately, I saw a lot of this game. Uh, there's only three games in the, <laughs> three games in the, the late window. Uh, <clears throat> what do we miss? We missed Austin Eckler with another flame out. Oh. We missed Javante Williams what with another catch? flame out. What yeah. catch for Austin Eckler? Yeah, it, you know, at, at some point you just wonder, at, really, at some point you just wonder what what's going on. You don't have your number one wide receiver. You don't have your number two wide receiver. You don't have your number three wide receiver. And you throw the ball to Austin Eckler twice. Like, like there's a lot of crazy things that Arthur Smith and what the hell they do. Like, you know, we talked about all these things. How do you get in the game where you don't have your top three pass catchers and you throw Austin Eckler two passes? If he's not healthy enough to play, get him off the field, right? So yeah. I don't 
for the life of me, understand at all. You know, that, that team needs a serious reboot. Obviously, they need health and all that, but they need a serious reboot. They'll get that with the coaching staff. The Broncos, I mean, they're 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, John <laughs> Payton's going to have a winning record. Looks like he's got – right? But that – the whole Russell Wilson fiasco. and The only thing this game gave me, Ray, was a smile. Because every time I see the name, I, I smile. Little Jordan Humphrey. It, it just, it's like we're playing Raggedy Ann and Andy here. Little Jordan, he got a touchdown. That's it, Ray. Other than that, it was Will Lux and Cody Corey Dicker having a kicking contest. I mean, uh, it's really interesting because the future for Austin Eckler is totally clouded. What about your He's team? out. He's yeah. out, Ray, and he's going to be hoping for a job. That's my right. And what about Jerry Judy? Like Jerry, Jerry, bro, you're supposed to be, you're just, you're just a dude. You're not even yeah. close to being a guy. You're just, you know, people don't even know how to spell your name and they're never gonna like, I, I don't know, man. Those are two guys that their off seasons really going to say something about our level of interest, which is rapidly reclining or receding it, I guess, in the fantasy yeah. space. And that was that week 17. Of course we had the fiasco on Saturday night. I bet Ray was wanting to scream about that one. Uh, Dallas wins 20 to 19. And we got things started last uh, Thursday night with uh, Cleveland beating the Jets 37 to 20. Uh, again, congrats to everybody who pulled off a championship. Uh, for those that are playing in week 18, keep it right here. We'll get you set for all those games this week. Uh, before we get out of here, Ray, some baseball. Mm -hmm. I promised this at the start. I know we're going long, but I want to get this in uh, because we had pitcher movement over the weekend. Chris Sale traded to Atlanta. Vaughn Grissom going to Boston. Frankie Montas signing a one-year deal with Cincinnati. And Lucas Giolito, a two-year deal. There's an opt-out after the first year, but a two-year deal with Boston. Uh, Sale, Ray. Mm -hmm. I, I've been out on Chris Sale for a while. I uh, can't stay healthy. He, he can strike guys out with the best of them. He still has that, but even moving to Atlanta... I'm not all that. Like, if I was looking at this from a fantasy perspective, Vaughn Grissom is, like, the more interesting piece to me as a fantasy player because you have to look at Boston's roster. He's a he's an everyday starter, maybe at second base for mm -hmm. the Red Sox now, where with Sell, it's it's the same same storyline. You're, you're, like, praying to get 20 starts from Chris Stale. Yeah, and I, I, let's, I, that's the number I was thinking of, too. And let's be honest. If you're the Braves, let's get 20 starts for Chris Stale and have him healthy in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, that's that's why they made this trade, right? I I don't think they're expecting him to throw 180 innings or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of hype because there's still been success when he's healthy, right? And if he's healthy and it's the Braves and all that, but yeah, I agree with you. It's you know he's not likely to be on many of my teams because the hype will be you know exceed yeah. what my willingness. They're going to gonna treat him like Kershaw, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Skip starts, limited innings. That's that's the plan for sale. Yeah, I think you're totally right. And in the case of Grissom, I think that you know. The Red Sox seem a lot less concerned than the entire universe about Grissom's glove, which is good because his bat is ready. His glove is ready. Um, but yeah, he's he's a, he had a great season down on the farm last year. We all thought, you know, 12 months ago he was going to get a chance to play for the Braves. Obviously, Arcia usurped him. But Grissom is someone that, you know, if you did, if you one of these insane people that do drafts in December, and there are people that do that, and you grab Grissom with their 29th round pick because what the yeah. hell, maybe you're going to be happy as all hell because that guy's going to be shooting up boards as we get closer to draft time. Atlanta's been crazy. They haven't made like big splashes, but man, crazy. tons of movement with yeah. that roster. A lot of uh, little kind of switches and changes on the edge. Remember, they got Jared Kellenick too uh, in, a, in a trade with Seattle. 
Um, as for the two other pitchers, Montas to Cincinnati, Giolito to Boston. I mean, Ray, it's pitching in 2023. I mean, it's hard to get excited about like anybody, <laughs> but these two guys, especially it's like, I don't like Giolito in Boston. I don't like Montas hanging out in Cincinnati. I, I may end up with them late, but I, I feel like there's always going to be somebody else in the room who will take a stab on Giolito and Montas this year. I, I, I kind of worry about those landing spots for those two. Yeah, Montas, there's the health component, and then there's the ballpark. So it's a double-edged sword. He's a guy that you grab at the end of a draft because the arm talent, and you hope it works. But the expectations have to be pretty low. Uh, I think in the case of Giolito, it's, it's, he's obviously more stable. He's a guy who stayed healthy. He throws innings. He gives you strikeouts. He should continue to do that. Um, you know, a guy who really, if you break everything down, it wasn't as bad as it looked last year. But one of the big issues last year was the fly ball and the home run. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Fenway. I, you know, I mean, <laughs> <The> AL East. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know, so yeah, yeah, that I get why the Red Sox did it. I get again while there'll be interest in Giolito, but I got to dig into that more to realize how much interest there should be in a guy that will give you innings and strikeouts. And uh, as Anthony in the chat room said, uh, it's 2024. It's January 1st. It's time to talk a little baseball, at least thinking about a little more baseball. Uh, what's the plan here in the next month, Ray? Are you kind of uh, tightening up deadlines and figuring things out on the baseball front? Kyle, if it was up to me, it'd already be posted. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, We'll have it up soon. Uh, yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't have a deadline that kind of waiting for the, the, the push of week 17 to get past us. So mm -hmm. hopefully... I'll have an answer this week. We'll obviously share it on the show. But hopefully I'll have an answer this week as to when the draft guide will drop. The rankings were just completed. I've written like 18, 20 articles at this point. So we're we're, we're there. We're ready to go. Yeah. Just a matter of getting it all available for the folks. Check it all out, fantasyguru.com. And, of course, as the uh, football season, I, I hate to say fades because now is like the high point of the season. But for fantasy football, uh, for many of you, it's over. Uh, remember, hockey, basketball soccer golf is starting up here pretty soon um so it's all coming your way college football today we got two uh giant semifinal games in fact i know our college football crew has some write-ups on those two semifinal games so check it out at fantasy guru if you are lucky enough to be in a state where you can play uh DraftKings, uh fandle whatever it is uh might be fun today with those national championship semifinal matchups i know ray flowers though will not be watching those big football games will you ray you're, you're like a football guy but you're not mm -hmm. going to watch college football are you no as soon as uh, we're done here i'm starting in on week 18 so that's my football <laughs> call. i ain't doing no college okay well i will be doing some college football so uh hopefully everybody has a great day a relaxing day a day of recovery ray and i will be back here tomorrow uh, 11 a.m eastern went a little long today you know it's a big championship week a lot of news to discuss uh tomorrow on the show more football and as Ray noted, week 18, that's still a thing for us. So we'll cover it like we always do at Fantasy Guru. I think Justin Finsterman is going to stop by tomorrow to talk some hoops. So it should be fun. And we will start uh, sticking in a little more hockey and some other things as we go through uh, the, the, the uh, remainder of February, excuse me, January, February, leading into football. So we'll mix it up a bit right here at Fantasy Sports Daily. Big thank you to everybody who joined us on this holiday. Uh, have a good one. We'll be back tomorrow. Ray, enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Looking forward to it, Kyle. That is that. This has been Fantasy Sports Daily right here, powered by FantasyGuru.com.